Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Paul Blackthorn. I play Captain Clinton Lance on that TV show Arrow. And you are listening to DC Primetime on Next Level. Enjoy. Welcome, Primers, to this issue 52, uh, the new 52, which there's nothing new about it, just like the term new 52 uh, of this DC Primetime podcast from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods on the Next Level Network as well, uh, I am Rob Martin. Uh, And we come to you uh, with a mac and cheese hangover. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, Rob had a pretty awesome mac and cheese potluck last night that we were all attending, and it was a glorious food. Uh, I feel sick. <laughs> <laughs> with many consequences. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a lot of great food, a lot of good times, uh, video game competitions between friends, nothing official. 200 freaking points. <laughs> so bummed. Our friend Bill is my kryptonite when it comes to Donkey Kong. So close, I almost beat him. Um, but yeah, so another issue, four shows to talk about this week as Arrow was on break. And it seems like we're hitting a weird time because a lot of shows are taking like weeks here, weeks there. Last week we had uh, No Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, this week we had No no Arrow. And this coming week we have No Supergirl. So it's um, it helps shorten our issues but we're uh i'm looking at the, i guess we're we're getting closer to where everything's starting to like kind of match up a little bit and they're all taking a little bit of a like a week here week there so yeah so supergirl i think it kind of makes sense i think scheduling wise they kind of had to do it so that they matched up for the crossover mm, that's very true uh actually you know what i'm gonna say this now because i meant to talk about this the last two weeks in the news and i'm probably gonna forget because i don't have a link to talk about this Uh, Let's just get it out of the way. So um, one news story that we missed a couple weeks back was there is finally a real discussion about next year as far as the crossover. Um, And uh, before I forget about this, so the reason that we did not see a full episode of Supergirl during Invasion was because when this show was already, uh, you know, that crossover was already planned prior to the confirmation of the move to Supergirl to CW. So they didn't block out the, the, like, kind of have, like, they had like what they refer to as dark days on sets where they say, hey, nothing's happening on these days specifically for these specific actors and actresses. Uh, that wasn't built into the mix uh, during Invasion. So that's why they only did that little bumper at the very end. They had to kind of cram everybody over to the Supergirl set to get those shots done real quick and then get out of their hair so they could get back to filming. Gotcha. So, um, so they did say that this crossover coming for next season 
uh, those days have been already blocked off for every single show. So it will be a full-on four-part crossover. Okay, that's awesome. I mean, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm figuring probably Black Lightning not going to be included in that as of yet. Probably not. Because these shows usually pretty good about sending, with the exception of The Flash, because The Flash did, I think, one or two episode crossovers in its first season. Uh, or at least bringing, not full crossovers, but bringing Oliver over to Flash for a little bit. Or Flash going over to uh, to Arrow. They didn't do full crossovers. They just kind of shared characters a little bit. But with the exception of that, like these shows are good about using that first season to kind of develop what, uh, you know, developing the, uh, a voice of their own. And then going into the crossover. So Black Lightning, probably not till 2019, we'll see a crossover. Right. And, I mean, the show still has to get picked up. So That's true. That's very, very true. So, yeah, we don't. it, it hasn't been given a scheduled slot because, you're right, it's, it's still in pilot form right now. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, very interested. So uh, on top of everything discussion, we also have a winner chosen or winners chosen for our DC meme contest in which uh, the first place winner is going to get an autograph of one, maybe multiple guests of Heroes and Villains Chicago that I will personally have signed for you and brought and bring back home and sent to you. And then the second place prize is either Telltale's Batman or um, uh, Justice League Dark on Blu-ray DVD combo. And we'll send that out to you as well. But our winners have been chosen and we will reveal them a little bit later on in the podcast, closer to the news segment. So um, I'm looking at a picture here. And I will share this on the Facebook page so people probably will see it by the time before they're even hearing about this. Apparently, yesterday was John – this past Saturday, March 11th, was John Barrowman's 50th birthday. He went his natural hair color, so he took the dye out. So he's gray because he Barrowman does have a lot of gray. Cut his hair short and quoted by Stephen Amell, here's the thing. John Barrowman only turns 50 once. Apparently – Stephen Amell did a strip tease for John <laughs> at his birthday. There is a picture of Stephen standing with a shocked and all John Barrowman, and Stephen is wearing nothing but a pair of camo, camo boxer briefs. So uh, it's been no, no like, it, it hasn't been hidden at all how much of a crush Barrowman has on Amell. So, I mean, they're work colleagues, and obviously Barrowman is married, so there would never be anything that would come out of it. But uh, he's always been very open about how, like, good-looking and attractive he thinks Steven is. So for Steven to do something like that for John on his 50th birthday, that's just that's just awesome. That's pretty funny. So I'll share that picture on the Facebook page, too, so people can see it. So, But you'll probably hear – you'll probably see it before – by the time you're hearing about this. I just figured I'd throw that out there because I just, I just saw it now. So let's get into the DC bullet points and talk about uh, the shows. Let's give them our three point one of three point ratings: sidekick, hero, or legend. Uh, starting first with Supergirl season two, episode fifteen. Uh, Rob, would you give this one sidekick, hero, or legend? I'm gonna go legend this week. Uh, I think most of the shows this week were really fantastic. So I would not be surprised if you get a lot of high marks for me. Yeah, um, you know what? I'm just gonna say it now. I think I'm legend across the board this week. Uh, I don't know if you are, but I th- I think Supergirl got a legend uh, because it was just a really good episode. Uh, next up, we have The Flash, Season 3, Episode 15, Sidekick Hero or Legend? Legend. Yep. Absolutely. So good. Uh, so legend for me as well. Legends of Tomorrow, Season 2, Episode 13, Sidekick Hero or Legend? 
Oh, definitely a legend. That was one <laughs> of my favorite episodes of this show yet. I keep saying that. That show always just makes me happy. It, yeah, it, it just never ceases to get better and better. So, And lastly, we have Powerless Season 1, Episode 5. Uh, I know this is where we differ a little bit, but I gave this one a legend. I, I was laughing my ass off at this episode. Uh, I'm going to go Hero. Um, like I said, I think the last couple weeks have been the strongest the show has been. This took a little bit of a step backwards in my mind, because especially after we got like the, you know, the Batman, uh, the very Batman-centric episode. Um, and then Cold Day was just a lot of fun, too. But, I mean, like, with this one, I mean, like, there was a lot of lot to enjoy about it, but uh, I, I think it was missing a little something that the last two episodes had over it. Okay, yeah, I mean, that's that's understandable. Like I said, it's it's we differ in opinion, but I still think the show is really strong. So I do, I, too. You know, I'm, I'm not complaining at all, even at a hero rating, because my line of the week, yet again, this week comes from Powerless. So uh, we'll talk about that as we get closer. But jumping into the secret origins where we break down the episodes, starting first back with Supergirl, season two, episode 15, not much uh, titled Exodus, not much of a synopsis. Uh, just says Alex and Kara realize they must break the rules to foil Cadmus's latest plot. So um, I'm really, really, really enjoying this whole Cadmus storyline again. Uh, I'm glad that they revived it, and I'm really curious to see where they're going to go with this. I mean, we're seeing, uh, you know, we're we're seeing Jeremiah back into the mix, and I almost thought my prediction last week was going to come to fruition of a sacrifice by Jeremiah. Uh, I still think it's coming, probably not until season finale. So yeah, I, I think that's definitely going to happen, though, because now it looks like he's almost yet again going to be a prisoner of Cadmus and not working with Cadmus because he very blatantly turned against Cadmus in this episode. So knocked unconscious and, and picked up by Cyborg Superman. Who knows? This could be the step towards Eradicator. I'd Eradicator or a, another version of Cyborg Superman another version. a little, little closer to what we expect. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he's already partway there with the Cybon- Cybertronic arm. So who's to say they can't just continue with? Because we don't even know why his arm is that way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting to see where they go uh, with Jeremiah as far as the rest of this. Uh, some other positives from the episode. What were some of the other things that you enjoyed about this episode? Uh, they, they, I think, in general, uh, one of the things that we talked about the last couple of weeks is some of the messaging in, in this show, I think, has been really spot on. Like, the whole xenophobic um, kind of fear that's happening in that show during this episode, very specifically with that registration being out there, um, really kind of echoes back to a lot of things that there's a lot of fears in the country currently. So I think they handled that very nicely. Um you know, I think where we talked a couple of weeks back about like Arrow, where I was like, they they take take a message, and I thought that in that case they kind of beat it into us a little too much, where it was kind of a little too over the top in your face. This was, I think, the perfect level of in the background. It was a plot device, but it wasn't like you know, let's go one by one and talk about everybody's viewpoints and stands on it because we already know it based off of what the show is yeah um but i think they handled that incredibly incredibly well um and in addition to that i think there was a lot of really good catco stuff here well yeah because we saw um a snapper car uh, back into the mix again and uh, i don't know where they're going to go with it now we we know that jimmy is still the head of catco uh you know in cat grant's stead but now kara no longer works for catco so I'm wondering why 
I, I almost think like I enjoyed seeing the Catco stuff as part of this episode, but I'm almost wondering why we're continuing to have Catco in the mix. Um, Jimmy is more geared towards Guardian at this point and less towards running Catco. Kara no longer works for Catco. So where does Catco fit, fit into this at this point? This could mean this is just how they're going to start distancing a little bit in the show. Uh, and where they're like, hey, there's a lot more happening elsewhere. Let's uh, maybe take a step backwards and say, hey, let's focus purely on what's happening in the girls' lives and what's, you know, the interpersonal dramas that's happening in the DEO. So yeah. I think that may be where we're headed. So I will say one of my favorite things about this episode is this episode, unlike any other one, more uh, more played out almost like a mini mini movie to me. Like, this is something that I felt like the, it was such a good story and it, it captivated the audience so much, at least myself as, as the audience, that if this was like a double episode, this was an extended episode almost to a, a point where instead of 40 minutes, it was, you know, 80 minutes, just just short of a film, um, it would have worked as like a as a special episode film. Uh, it just the action played out really well. The drama played out really well because we got that really big, intense scene at the end. You know, with this carrier ship getting ready to take these people to outer space and Kara having to step up and stop this vessel. And I almost thought there was a part of me for a while that thought Alex is going to space. Yeah, there's a part of me that was really thinking that, too. Like, they're going to have to find a way to bring her back because she's not going to be able to stop this. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if that's a testament to the writers and how well they wrote that scene, or if it means I'm just not fully confident in Kara yet. So, I don't know how to look at that. Well, actually, I think it speaks a little bit on both sides of it. I mean, I, she is still kind of green in the mix of all this. So, um, but I, I think it, that is a really nice testament to the writers, the way that the scenes were acted and portrayed. I think they did a really great job in that sequence. I, I mean,. You know, we we joke like the very first episode where she catches the plane and then we see her stop, uh, you know, a a missile. And this was kind of like that next big kind of iconic moment you can think of for the show, like uh, that Supergirl moment. It was it was such a great and well shot moment uh, that the series has had. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So I'm wondering, like, what are some other things that we saw come out of this episode i mean we obviously we saw it wasn't a lot but we did get to see guardian yet again this episode yeah he was very much relegated to a very much of a background role this week uh not a lot of james recently um but i think you know it's because so much else is happening with the plot that i think somebody has to kind of take a little bit of a backseat so but i'm surprised we didn't see him really involved very heavily in uh the catco stuff though well not only i mean it it does you know like he is taking a little bit of a back seat but what i don't know what to think about the fact that you know when it comes to guardian i think cadmus so i almost feel like it's it's a detriment to guardian not necessarily james but to guardian the guardian character to not have him somehow involved in this story because i put two and two together like so I think you're almost hurting it a little bit. Like, I don't know necessarily where he would fit, but I I think you're almost hurting it a little bit by not having him involved somehow. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still time, so I'm sure we haven't seen the last of connections on that. So that's true. That's very, very true. Uh, you know, so as I mentioned, too, we got that really intense scene with with Alex and, uh, you know, Alex and Maggie kind of going off on their own and, and taking care of things themselves and uh you know, it's it's just it's showing again. 
I almost feel like it shows that Alex is a stronger character than, than Kara at times. Uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing at all, especially when this case, like this was all about family and this was, you know, I completely understand where Alex was coming from. Like, like she's going to do what she has to do for the sake of her family and her father, Jeremiah is her family. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, very strong, badass moments though, from Alex, this episode, especially when, you know, just while she's there, it's kind of like, well, yeah, no, I've already kind of set up a whole bunch of proximity bombs, and this place is going up. They're like, you're not going to do it. And then, sure enough. She just hit man, the button. Yep. Yeah. And man switch and all. I mean, like, it was it was a very ballsy, kind of awesome moment for her character. Um, so they're they're doing and proving quite a bit so far between what they've done with Alex this se- season. You know, she kind of was more, you know, she was, she was uh, in, you know, one of the front characters in the first season, but... I think they've really developed her incredibly, incredibly well this season. Yeah, I, uh, she, I, I agree. She, yeah, she feels almost like a completely other character because we've gotten so deep into her head some, somewhat this season, and I think it's been a really positive part of the show. I mean, we've got a lot of great stuff with Kara and Monel and all this season, uh, but I, I think you and me will both agree, especially when we get to season's end. Uh, she's got a, a high chance of being runner for best character of the season. So. I, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think she's she's proven herself as a strong character. Uh, not only strong physically, you know, but strong emotionally. Like, she has gone through some shit this, this season. Uh, yeah. You know, between coming out as, you know, as a gay person, you know, as, as, as a gay person. And not only that, but, like, dealing with everything with Jeremiah and... Uh, and stuff like she has been through the ringer this season and she's a stronger character for it. So I, I think you're absolutely right. I think she arguably could be um, a contestant, if not a winner for best, best uh, character of the season. Yeah. So um, anything else about this before we, we move on? I'm trying to think if there was uh, much of, uh, I think we touched base on almost everything, you know, like you, you said, this was a very, it was a plot device, you know, about the registration, but you, you're right. It does relate to a lot of real-life things that happen right now. So I don't know if there's anything maybe I'm forgetting. Uh, I think, honestly, the, the last big key point is uh, the first appearance of both Kevin Sorbo and Terry Hatcher. Oh, yeah. The God, episode. how can I forget so, that? Uh, I mean, it's a more or less straight-up just a tease. I mean, like, we don't know who these characters are. Uh, you know, I think we've. I even asked that question on the Facebook page, and I think the best response I got so far is people are like, "These are Monel's parents," and I think that actually very well could be the case. Well, my um, only, I, I don't know if I believe that or not because didn't they call them Your Highness? They called Terry Hatcher Your Highness, I think. So I think yeah, Monel th- was one of the princes of Daxum. So I thought he was a bodyguard for the prince of Daxum. Uh, no, I thought he was the. Pr- I thought he was actually the prince uh no i think he was protecting the prince because it was the prince that put him in the vessel yep that's right so i don't think these are monel's parents either that i or these could be the prince's parents and they are after him they're looking to get him because of the prince maybe dying right yeah his responsibility for uh the death you know yeah so Uh, i I don't know if i believe that these are monel's parents yeah and I think we maybe still will see something tied to War World at some time soon. So it's a wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Let's move on to the next show of the week, which would be The Flash 
Season 3, Episode 15, The Wrath of Savitar. While training with Barry, Wally starts to have visions of Savitar, which he hides from the team. A dangerous secret threatens Barry and Iris' happiness. Uh, for starters, two big things that I loved about this episode. I loved seeing a physical Savitar, not CGI. And the costume looks phenomenal. Yes. Uh, now, do we have confirmation that that is indeed a suit? I think it is. Okay. At this point in time, I I do too. There's too many moments where there is so much texture on that suit. But again, this show has wowed me with CG so many times that I'm still not sure because they just impress me constantly. I don't know. I th- they do characters. I think that suit is way too good to be CGI. Yeah. I think uh, that was physically real because there's yeah. a lot. Don't forget when we saw Savitar before, um, the only physical interaction between Savitar and Barry was literally Savitar picking Barry up by his throat, which could very easily be CGI. But we got a lot more physical interaction between ba- between the Flash and Savitar at the end of this episode that I think the only way you could do it is with a physical suit. I think there's a blend going on. I think the body of the suit uh, is actual costuming, and I think there uh, there's little pieces like the arm and the head stuff like that that we're seeing as cg components to that that suit uh but all i know is man if i had the money this is my next cosplay (laughs) savitar is freaking awesome looking yeah so i mean there's still a big mystery as to who is i mean because barry even says it you're just a man um, you know, so it's very curious as, as to who it's going to be. And it looks like we'll talk about it a little bit more in the news later on. But there is a possibility a prediction we made could could be true. Uh, I, I actually I think we're more more locked into uh, the idea of who we personally think it is. I don't think it has anything. And we'll just say it now. It's, I don't think it has anything to do with Abracadabra. I think Abracadabra, though, will play some part into them figuring out who it is. But okay. That's about it. All right. Uh, the other thing I have to say about this episode is we are finally getting predictions uh, coming to pass. We're finding out who betrayed the teams. We're finding out who's suffering a fate worse than death. And it's uh, these, these omens are now starting to come to fruition and it's, it's taking its toll on the team uh, and Barry, especially at this point. Uh, Barry feels defeated and you know he was so confident that he was going to do this and now for the first time because of what happens to Wally and because of you know he's got a broken relationship with Iris now which that didn't take long did it Uh, you know that went from beginning of the episode to the end of the episode it's now a broken relationship and it's um, we're we're seeing a lot of these predictions and a lot of these omens come to fruition and it's it's interesting because I don't know if we predicted them I don't think we any of us predicted Caitlyn being the one to portray the team. Uh, yeah, you know what? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think we predicted Wally being the one suffering the fate worse than death. And no, we we all thought Joe. We, yeah. Really, I think. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm. I was very pleasantly surprised with how they handled that this week. Um, I think Wally. You know, let's you know get right to it. Um, Obviously, you know, Wally's seeing Savitar nonstop, as we saw last week at the end of the episode. Um, And we find out the reason why he's able to come back is because there is a piece of the Philosopher's Stone still on Earth-1. And that's all thanks to Caitlin Snow, who's still trying to find a way to remove herself from her powers and uh, making a very 
dumb, dumb, dumb call. And then Wally but, unfortunately falling into that trap. But here's my thing with that. Caitlin feels like she's the one that betrayed the team because she kept a piece of the stone. She kept it for herself. So, yes, in that aspect, it is a betrayal. But in regards to that, it's also the reason why Savitar could not escape the, the, uh, uh, the time force, the speed force. So, in essence, while it was a betrayal, it did necessarily keep him at bay. So, was, was uh, Caitlin the betrayer or, in essence... Was Wally the betrayer as well as the one to suffer the fate worse than death? Because he is the one that steals the stone and sends it back into the Time Force, freeing Savitar. That in itself is a betrayal as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, I, I think I think it's still kind of, you have to still view Caitlyn as betraying the team a bit, especially because of her relationship with Julian at this point. Um, I think, as he kind of put it best, he's like, why would you keep something like that around knowing what it did to me? And, you know, that is a big issue. And I think we're going to see a lot of problems play out between them in the next couple of weeks. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, again, like we're like I said, we're seeing this team a little bit like starting to fray. It's starting to fracture. Barry is he's blaming himself for everything that happened with Wally. He is uh, he's got a, a you know fractured relationship with Iris because you know I, again Iris found out that and it's thanks to Wally vibing himself into the you know into the. The, the future where, where to see Iris's death, he's the one that realizes that Iris doesn't have a wedding ring. So Barry had ulterior motives for pro- pro- proposing to Iris. Yep. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, which is causing a lot of friction between the two of them. And now, again, Iris feels betrayed by Barry. Barry's disappointed and he couldn't save Wally. Joe is, uh, you know, distraught because, yeah, yeah, because Wally is gone and and I- Iris is doomed to die at this point. Yeah, so I mean, it's th- this team is fractured, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how things are going to come back together at this point. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very curious to see how things are going to play off in the next couple episodes because a lot still really needs to happen. Um, but I think everything that was stated tonight between this, uh, well, not tonight, obviously when the show aired, uh, but the dialogue between Savitar and Wally was very telling uh and I'm really I, I if I had to put money on it I would feel 90 percent maybe 99 percent actually uh that Wally is Savitar at this okay point. here Too much is tied to that he, right here's now. my thing with that and I, I did want to bring this up I thought about this when we started talking about this episode and I'm glad you you said that because here's my thing there is something that is said in conversation not just with Barry but also with Wally. It's said two to three times in this episode. And it really, the first time I heard it, I was like, "Mm, okay, I can kind of shake that off. But when I heard it again, I was like, okay, I'm starting to be curious. And it's Savitar saying the words, I'm the future, Flash. The way he says it, he doesn't say, I'm the future, Flash. He says, I'm the future, Flash. Like, he says it just like that, which makes me believe you are correct. Savitar is either Wally or Barry from the future. It's, it's one of it's one or the other. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's exactly – that's the only two answers I have at this point in time. I, I, I could definitely see Barry being Savitar, and I can see Wally being Savitar. I'm leaning more towards Wally right now because it's that idea as Savitar even makes that one line. Is you're there the moment I am created. Yeah. And very much at the end of that episode when we see Wally ripped into the Speed Force and Barry is just staring. 
doing nothing because he knows there's nothing he can do. Yeah. Um, and that very much felt like that was that moment. Yep. Yeah. And I agree with that, too. So, um, you know, and it could work the other way, too. If, if you know, if Barry is the one that's Avatar, then, you know, the moment he's created is the moment he escapes from the time force. So he's still technically seeing the moment he's created. So I don't know. I, I do. I do lean more towards Wally than Barry. Uh, but it's going to be, I, I don't know, it's its going to be interesting. It's its really going to throw me for a loop if we're completely wrong, and it's not either one of them. Yeah. It's but a wait and see. Because otherwise, like, how else would how, how else would Savitar know all of this stuff about the group? Like, yeah. he's the one that knows. But it would also throw me because that means Wally is killing his sister. He's murdering his sister. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes into that whole idea that you know, why wasn't Wally there the night of everything happening? Because this is the future and he had his powers. Why is Wally not with Barry in that moment? Yeah. Um, I mean, so all those things would have changed at this point. So, and if it's just him, this, because we know he is going to be, he's locked inside the Speed Force. And we don't know how the Speed Force is going to play with his mind because he became a speedster in a very different way than Barry did. So there's a lot of questions with that. So very curious because we have seen kind of a kind of a bratty version of Wally at times. I mean, he's very full of himself and we've seen him make a lot of dumb calls because, again, he is a new new hero. So it makes me really excited to see how this whole thing's going to play out. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely uh, I agree with that as well. So um, I will say one other thing about this episode that I actually really enjoyed seeing is I I'm enjoying seeing the relationship, bud. Uh, or blossom between, and I, when I say relationship, I don't mean like a, you know, boyfriend girlfriend relationship. I like seeing uh, Jesse connect with HR. Yeah, I think that's actually been a really strong point that's really not touched on enough, and I'm hoping that they expand that a little bit more. Yeah, I I agree with that as well. I I think that it's it's almost nice that since she's now there, and you know, uh, Harry is in the is back on Earth too. Um, you know, it, it's almost nice that she forms, like, a surrogate relationship with, with HR. So, I mean, he's obviously very different than the other Wells, but it still doesn't mean that there couldn't be something there that they could kind of connect to one another about that. Yeah, it's very true. So, um, looking forward into next week's episode, I know uh, next week's episode titled Into the Speed Force, uh, which is, um, you know, obviously this is something that they're going to be doing to return to uh you know to try and save wally from everything that he's going through being in the time force as well and it looks like we're going to see a couple of returning characters next week we're going to see the return of john wesley ship as jay garrick uh and uh rick cosnett returning again as eddie thawne and robbie amell they're all in that episode oh robbie amell is so. in this episode as well okay yep so we now know how they were getting their appearance yeah so yeah they're going to be in the time force which is uh which is pretty cool so and i love seeing john wesley ship anytime he appears on the show so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Anything else that we uh we may be forgetting? Uh no, uh I think uh the only other really big things is we uh we do know there's some more fun stuff coming up soon. Like we know you know Gypsy has not made her last appearance this season, which is kind of exciting. Uh and that's just a couple weeks away. So I'm really looking forward to so much more happening, but 
Yeah, this was just a fun, fun, fun week. We have uh, we have three really cool weeks coming up for Flash, man. We have next week we have obviously Into the Speed Force. The following week is Duet, in which uh, Monel and Jean are bringing Kara to Earth One, and the following week after that is Abracadabra. Yeah, there's a lot happening. Yeah, so it's uh, we we got some really cool week, man. I love this show so much. <laughs> I really, really do. And the funny thing is, is that. She hasn't watched an episode of it yet, but I'm kind of wearing my girlfriend down a little bit. Last night at your party, I had her wearing my Jake Garrick shirt. So, like, I'm, I'm going to get her to watch it. I'm going to get her to watch it. Um, but, yeah, the, the show is so good. It's, it's probably out of the, f- the five shows that we talk about. It is my favorite. And Yeah, it, it's, it, it's still proving it, it's one of the best shows on TV. Yeah, so. abs- I would agree with that completely. Uh, next up for the week, we have Legends of Tomorrow, Season 2, Episode 13, titled Land of the Lost. Very appropriate, by the way, uh, for what happens in this episode. But the Legends are left 70 million years in the past when Rip causes the Wave Rider to crash after his capture. A uh, lot of fun stuff, man, in this episode. And I have to say, two really awesome things in this episode, and yet again. One... Seeing the team fight themselves was in Rip's head was cool as hell. And two, seeing Amy Pemberton actually get to physically play Gideon. Yeah, that was really fantastic. It, honestly, this reminds me a little bit of a uh, old Doctor Who episode back back when I think it was. I can't remember if it was when Matt the Smith. when the TARDIS Smith, yeah when the TARDIS was brought to life. Right, it was the uh, Neil Gaiman episode. Yes, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So and you're so. right, it is very similar to that. I didn't even think about that that much. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's it's cool because you know Amy Pemberton, while she's not a, she's more a voice actress than she is a te- like an actual on screen actress. But she does she has done some on screen act- acting as well. So it's really cool getting to see her actually play the physical embodiment of Gideon. So yeah. and, and it was funny because when I saw her and I was like, oh, like that's really Amy Pemberton. Like that's kind of cool. So I was yeah, really I was I was that. very pleasantly surprised with that this episode. And I as you mentioned too, the uh, you know Sarah and Jax, you know, squaring off against uh, you know evil versions of themselves inside of Rip's head. I gotta say that design that they had going with Jax, that demonic looking version of Jax, looked really awesome. It was awesome. It looked really, really damn good. Yeah, yeah, especially like the darker color fire and everything behind him, and mm-hmm. was really cool. I mean, and a lot of I know you. I think your line of the week comes from Legends this week, and I and I won't ruin it. But I mean, there was like some great lines throughout this episode. Like even at one point, like when they were talking about when Jax and Sarah were talking about the evil versions of themselves, and like, well, evil Mick. Well, let's just face it, that's just Mick. That's just Mick. Yeah. So I mean, some great one-liners from this episode. Yeah, so. and I mean, I will say too, I love the fact that. It was Mick, again, that was like, this is what we do. This is exactly how we handle this crap, you know? Um, and I love the fact that you remo- you forget sometimes, because it's Mick Rory, he was a time master. And every time that they remind you little bits and pieces of it, you almost are kind of like, oh, that's right. I, I always forget, because he's such a bonehead. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so wonderful, though. I He's such a fun character, and... The interaction we're seeing more between him and Dr. Stein has been really interesting the last couple episodes. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun to watch them have a more budding relationship. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree with that, too. And I like the, the separation, uh, you know, and getting to see the team. Uh, we got to see the whole team in action this week. They weren't all together, but 
we still haven't seen it's been a while since we've seen firestorm with the exception of this evil version uh tonight but you know it, which i guess would technically count as as firestorm but we haven't seen jackson stein come together as firestorm for a while now yeah um it's you know it's coming you obviously know they're they're saving it for something big but it feels like one of the last times was god maybe feels like invasion yeah, I'm sure it, they've done it at least once since then, but it feels like that's what the last time we really saw if, it. It feels like it has been a while since we've seen yeah. it. I don't know if there's any reasoning behind it or it just hasn't fit into the story. I don't know. I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing because I, I do enjoy seeing uh, you know, Stein build up as himself and, you know, and develop his own strengths as a character and Jax develop his own strengths as a character. I think it's very appropriate because I think, as you had mentioned before, uh, there is a chance that Jax and Stein are going to be leaving at the end of this. They could be two of the ones that are stepping off the Wave Rider. So yeah. to build this, their individual strengths is a good thing. It's not a bad thing at all. And, I mean, there was honestly that little even moment, too, between Mick and, you know, Martin at the, this episode where, like, you're no spring chicken. You're not going to be around forever. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's them thinking that, you know, Professor Stein could leave the Wave Rider this season. So, uh, the end of this season, potentially. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is one of the names taken off the list and they have to find somebody new for uh, him to merge with at this point. So. Uh, but but that's the thing though. I like I don't know. Does that technically work? Because I I, I think Stein is the one that's always part of Firestorm. Because that, that was one of the reasons why they had to find Jax was because without Jax he became unstable. It wasn't the other way around. So I would think if anything they would need to find someone for Stein to connect with, not Jax. I think Jax yeah. is the one that could separate. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how it's going to play out. But yeah, so far very interesting. Unless they find a way to to fix that with him, and they, they you know they find a way to they find a way to cure him of that. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, like you never know too, because especially with Gideon. I mean, but I think they're gonna try to find a way. Like you're just feeling that's gonna happen with his daughter now that he's gonna want to spend time with his wife and daughter uh, off of the ship. All these little things. So. I'm wondering how that's going to play out, but yeah. I do feel like that's kind of being built up. I do too, and like I said, it's it's building an individual strength, and I wouldn't even be surprised if it comes down to you know Stein and Jack separate, and Jax is one of the ones that stays aboard, because that's one of the reasons why I think they might be building up his personal strengths. Like they're building him up as an engineer, they're building him up as somebody who can fix the Wave Rider. So like, why not keep him as part of it, even if Stein yeah. leaves? That's very true. So, um. But we're getting to see a lot more with Rip at the same time, too, where we're obviously here's my question to you. And I'm curious what your thoughts on this are. Is it a little too obvious that Rip may be back to normal? Do you think Rip is back to normal after this or do you think this is still a ploy? I think this is Rip back to normal. OK, um, I, I really think everything has changed and fixed at this point. Um, it's now because you have to remember they don't have as much time to finish up that arc this season before they get back to the Legion of Doom proper and the main plot because they only have a couple handfuls of episodes left. What was the episode number for this one? This was episode 13. So, yeah, they've only got four episodes, I think, remaining. So they have to get this wrapped up. And I think the way that they handled it worked, especially having Amy Pemberton there, too, as a, the, a physical embodiment of Gideon is being the one that kind of gets, gets him out of the situation at the end. It was a really nice way to do it. Um, so I think I think this is 
we are back to traditional rip. Now the question is going to be, and you even saw that at the end, who takes lead of the ship? Is it Rip or is it Sarah? Yeah. So yeah. I think you're going to see a little bit of butting of heads sometime soon with that. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case either. I mean, because they're both great captains of the Wave Rider. Sarah can hold her own as the captain of the Wave Rider, but the Wave Rider is Rip's. It's his ship. So, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, if you had to choose, who do you choose to take over captain of the Wave Rider? At this point in time, I'd go with Sarah. Um, Rip, while he did some amazing things, he's also wasn't exactly the best person in the world in season one. He was very much in it for his own own means. Um, and the fact that how does a team that doesn't really know him anymore trust him? So, uh, so I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm looking forward and I'm seeing... Uh... I know we still have more to talk about because you still have to do your line of the week and everything. But uh, there's there's some synopsis is up for almost every episode. Everything but the finale is up at this point, uh, and it's pretty interesting how things are going to play out over the next of the course of these next couple weeks. So we'll talk about that when we're done talking about the episode and we're looking forward. But uh, you know, we we got to see a lot more with um, you know, like I said, it was nice seeing the team split up. And everybody having their own thing going on, but I, I loved seeing the stuff with Amaya, Ray, and uh, and Nate. It was great because this is a place that's not forget, which we're reminded of in the episode as well that Ray has been to before. Yeah, uh, it's where he was first scattered uh, in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, so as he put it, is uh, oh that's Gertrude's nest. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I gotta say, one of the things that I really loved about this is I love the fact that Nate's. You know, Nate and Amaya's relationship, you know there's going to be potential issues. But I love that Ray had that big brother moment with him. It was just kind of like, look, he's like, I'm not an idiot. He's like, I know what's going on. Because sometimes Ray just feels very kind of precious. (laughs) Yeah. But you're like, he is incredibly intelligent. And he plays it up a little bit. And the fact that I love that he was like, no, I played up what I'm doing. And then, you know, Nate's obviously like, yeah, but you're also one of those people that still, like, says things that nobody says anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I did love the fact that it's kind of like she has to go back to her time. That's how this has to function. Um, so I'm wondering how that's all going to play out because I really don't want to lose Amaya or Nate by the end of this season. I, I think they've been a really strong point, and especially because of Ray. Ray and Nate's relationship is one of my favorite relationships on that ship. Uh, like I said, we always joke about them having this brotherly dynamic, and it's so much fun to watch. So I don't want to see that go away. He's so. Ray is one of those guys that I I really hope is still there next season. Yeah. Uh, I've really grown to love Ray Palmer, and not even as Adam, but as Ray. Like, his dynamic on the show, the way he interacts with everybody, like you said, the, the brother relationship he has with Nate, uh, almost like a, a, another big brotherly protective relationship he has with Amaya, the, uh, the the relationship he has built with Mick over times that we've seen before, too. He has such a great dynamic with every other character on this show that I, I hope that when this season comes to an end and, you know, chairs are rotating, I hope he's one that doesn't step off the wave rider. I want to see him continue on there for a while. Yeah, he kind of feels like the heart of the team, and I think they would be—it would be almost impossible to find any way to replace him. Yeah. So, so I don't think he's going to go anywhere, though. I really think he's—he's he's locked on that show. Yeah, I know we're—I know we still have like four more episodes before the season is over, and we don't usually talk about this, but until the we until we do the annuals for for this season, but um, 
and you don't have to answer specifically, but do you have ideas in your head as to who who stays and who goes? I yeah, mean, we yeah, did I, discuss Stein obviously already, but uh, yeah, I, I think I'm actually fairly locked on the people that I think should leave and the people that I do think need to stay. So okay, yeah, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on down the road about that because I kind of have some ideas too, but I'm not 100 percent sure. And I know one or two people I want to stay and one or two people I want to go, but no, it's not as definitive as last year. Where like when we said like who do we want to go? The Hawks. Like yeah. it's it was without a doubt that's who we went, and that's like I'm not there this season. Like everybody has a place in my heart this season. Yeah. But I, yeah, I do feel pretty resolute as far as my thought process, as far as who who is able to leave the ship. Uh, I think who whoever does leave the ship, I think it's going to be rough uh, because I think everybody has a, a very much earned place uh, in that cast right now. Yeah, so. and that's what I mean. Like, that's why I say when everybody has a place in my heart. Like, that's kind of how I feel. So, uh, But your line of the week comes from this week's episode. Indeed it does. So... <laughs> Uh, when they're discussing Gertrude, the T-Rex, uh, and it's kind of like, you know, Ray brings up the fact that she is not the biggest fan of his. <laughs> uh, and, you know, my asked the question, what did you do? It's like, I stole one of her eggs. He's like, you stole a T-Rex's egg. He's like, hey, that single egg made about 70 omelets. I regret nothing. <laughs> it's so good. And again, like, it speaks to his, just like, his lightheartedness of, of this, like, it's just, is so good. And I love it. And, you know, while I look back at Ray and I look back at Brandon Routh and while I was a fan of him as Superman in Superman Returns, I think he was a, I, I really do think he was a good Superman. I know there are people that would disagree with me on that. But this character of Ray Palmer and Adam, I think honestly fits him so much better than him playing Superman. It really does. Uh, it gives him a chance to shine. He's got great comedic chops. Like, his timing is so spot on. Um, and everything about him is, like, you just want to give him a hug. Like, you want him to be a big brother. I mean, that's exactly who that character is. Yeah. I, it's not 100% confirmed yet as to who I'm going to be on stage with in Chicago, but there is a chance it will be Brandon Routh and Katie Lotz. And, man, I, I said this to you last night. There are two people on the guest list of Chicago that I really hope I am on stage with. One of them is Carlos Valdez, and the other one is Brandon Routh. I just – I feel like I would just – it would just be a buddy-buddy relationship talking to him on stage. If his character in real life is anything like Ray, it'll be a blast, and I, I would just I would just love to meet him. So, um, trying to think, there was no oh yes there was there was a teaser for next week in which we see, um, it looks like they are going to be going to the moon, which is yeah this be... is the Apollo thirteen episode coming up so. Uh, and that's where we know Commander Steel is. So yep. he's got the last piece of the Spear of Destiny. So we know we're getting closer and closer to uh, things wrapping up. So this is going to be the last part of the Spear, figuring out wh- what side that falls upon uh, by the end of that episode. And uh, right after that, we start our Tolkien trilogy. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, we got uh, Moonshot is next week where they're going to be going back to the 70s. And then the week after that, they're in World War One, France amid uh, the aid of J.R.R. Tolkien. So... And which we know he's going to be sticking around till the finale. Well, we assume he's going to be sticking around to the finale. It could be he's in that episode and then he shows up again in the finale. 
Right. Uh, he could miss the episode before that. But the episode after that, in which the synopsis has just recently been added, uh, the episode titled Doom World, uh, the Legion of Doom rewrites history after obtaining the Spear of Destiny. So we know now that the Legion is going to accomplish what they have set out to do, and they are going to get the Spear of Destiny. Which So do you, do you believe that's how uh, Captain Cold is coming back? I think so. I, I do think that's how it's going to come back. But it also it makes me a little bummed because it means my prediction I made last week from the Fellowship of the Spear, Spear means that they're not going to throw it into like a volcano. Never know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it could happen in the know. finale. So, like I said, as long as it's better than the Hobbit movies. And speaking of which, let's move on to Powerless. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Uh, Powerless season one, episode five, titled "Cold Season." Emily deals with the van steal with van stealing credit for her generosity at the office. Meanwhile, Teddy pushes Ron to get his new invention to the masses. So, a very big episode for Danny Pudi this this week. Um, I still don't know if it's a character breakout yet. I still see a lot of Abed and more natural Danny Pudi in it. Uh, but still, I thought it was a lot of fun. I loved hearing all the different Frost and Ice <coughs> villains that came out of this one, in kill- including Killer Frost, which was great, and Snow Patrol. But they're a band, and they're coming to town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... um so, yeah, very big Vanessa Hutchins and Danny Pudi episode. Uh, and then, of course, the breakdown with uh, with Ron Funches and Alan Tudyk uh, and their interaction between each other, too, which to me, that was I was more a fan of that than I was the Vanessa Hutchins, Danny Pudi. Yeah, I, I, that's I think the reason why I still kind of put this down to a hero. Uh, I think uh, the stuff that they're doing with Danny Pudi's character, I think Teddy is still a little not fully formed yet. Uh, like they're kind of like, oh, you know, he's going to have well, he's going to have a breakdown. That th- this is what happened to him last time. And all we got was him as I, like I said, I forget where I read this too, but they're like, yeah, that's kind of where my thought process was. It's kind of like his lashing out was listening to speed metal and I'm like, that's it. Like I was expecting him to go full just in depth like hardcore kind of like Danny Pudi character acting just oddity and they didn't do that and i was kind of thought that that was their chance to do something with that really kind of expand his character a little bit more like we got some family drama with him but that was about it but i would have loved to have seen a little bit more with with uh, how that that whole storyline played out yeah so. yeah i agree with that as well um uh but yeah I, I like i said i was a bigger fan of the ron funches alan tudyk um so the the Ron and Van storyline that was going on with this, including that's actually where my line of the week comes from this week. Uh, there's the scene where he receives the box of the, where the car that he ordered for his girlfriend's daughter, which he doesn't know is a daughter at the time. And, you know, he opens the box. He's like, this car is in a million pieces. She's like, yeah, that's you have to put it together. And then my line of the week was immediately afterwards. It's probably the line that made me laugh harder than any other line from this week is he just looks in the box, picks up the instructions. He's like, there's a ransom note. (laughs) And the secretary was like, yeah, those are instructions. So like that, (laughs) that interaction between the two of them, like I, I was dying at that. I don't know why might not be as funny to everybody else, but it, it had me rolling. So. But I was also I, I got go oh, no, no, go to say I was like the, the also the invisible plane. That was the next part I was, was just going to say too. Kind of wonderful. Yes. Um I I just loved them playing that up. And like, I think Ron Funches is just he's the breakout of the show. Hands down. There's no question about that in my mind. It's it's funny too cuz I don't know if anybody has ever seen Ron Funches do uh, anything else. 
uh, whether he's been on At Midnight with Chris Hardwick or you've seen his stand-up. But Ron has a very, very distinctive and infectious laugh. Uh, We haven't gotten it out of him in the show yet. I hope we do. I really hope we do because I love Ron's laugh. So it's... uh, I'm really hoping that's something that we get out of him. But that you're right. The the gag with the invisible jet being put together by him uh, was was so great, especially at the part where Vanessa Hudgens runs through it and you can hear the pieces going everywhere. And he's just I just put that together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, there's a lot. There's a lot here. I think it was just, um, you know, I think Sinking Day and um, the Batman episode. There was, uh, or Emily Dates a Henchman, I think it was the episode was called. I think there was a little bit more there, I think, uh, in the grand scheme of this show, taking a little bit more advantage of, you know, the DC universe. I hope they get a little bit more back to that, but I would say the the basic workplace comedy stuff that happened in this episode really worked. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say that if they can keep that happy balance that we got from those two episodes prior, I think that, you know, like I said, I think you and me both agree that we're, we're locked and we're on the show. Oh yeah, and, uh, I'm I'm committed I mean, to this point. There's no question about that. I mean, we're getting what ten episodes? It's a it's a half season, I think. Uh, no, twelve episodes. Twelve episodes. Yep. Okay. So, and and my hope is it does definitely get picked up because there's so much potential in the show, and they're doing a really good job of like harnessing everything. Like I said, those first two episodes, proof of concept that just didn't quite work. They're definitely on to something, though. So Yeah, oh, I absolutely agree with that 100%. I'm looking ahead, too. The, the synopsis for next week's episode is the same as this week's episode. So I don't know. But the week after that, there actually is a synopsis. So I'm wondering if maybe Powerless is not on this week. It's usually on Thursdays, correct? Right. Uh, it looks like it's actually not on this week. Okay. So it, I guess the, the, the following week is going to be the van of the year. Uh, episode which it says yeah march 23rd so it looks like um that has it listed it has this week is listed as episode six and next week episode seven so i don't know maybe there is only 10 episodes yeah well it's a wait and see so um but yeah it's uh i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing you know where the show continues to go but i i, I think they've they've been really getting closer to firing on all, all, all cylinders. I mean, they have a burnout or, you know, a little backfire here and there. But, I mean, for the most part, though, they're staying on top. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And and I'm definitely invested into the show till the end at this point. Yeah. So, uh, all right. We have a couple more things to do before we get out of this episode. We have to do the news. We have to do our recommendations, our cheap plugs. But I think we should announce a winner. I do, too. Of our DC meme contest. So as we had mentioned for the past like two weeks, we've been running the contest on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC primetime. Post your favorite DC meme, whether you found it online or made it up yourself. And Rob and I were going to pick two, uh, two winners. The first winner, uh, second place prize was going to get Justice League Dark on Blu-ray combo DVD uh, or a copy of Batman Telltale games from whatever console you play it on, whether it be Xbox, PlayStation. Uh, or PC. Um, and in the event that the winner has both of those things, just reach out to us. We'll figure something out. Yeah, so. yeah, we'll get you something. So I think we should probably do second place first, which is... Yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do that. That one, uh, which is that prize. And I'll let you announce. I'll let you... Who was our first place winner? Our second place winner. So second place winner, we're go- giving to a original creation, and it goes to Paul Williams and uh, his like father, like son, which was this great shot of... Uh, uh, Robert Queen <laughs> from the Back stand. From, uh, 
from the stand. Yeah. And then, you know, just a great shot of Ollie from season one. Um, but it was this. This made me smile, made me laugh when I saw it, and uh, I gotta gotta give props to that one. So yeah, I was I was a fan of that one as well. So uh, Paul, we're gonna reach out to you soon, and uh, uh, or reach out to us actually rather, yeah, because I don't know we might, uh, one way or another either reach out to us or we reach out to you. I know we connect with Paul quite a bit actually too, so he posts quite a bit on the Facebook page. Uh, but we'll figure something out and we'll get you the copy. Of, let us know if you have Justice League Dark or Batman Telltale, and we'll uh, we'll figure something out from there. Uh, but first place winner, uh, Rob and I were pretty in a pretty much in agreement on this one. That when we saw this one, we were like, "Yeah, this is this is a good one." Uh, first place winner, I am heading to Chicago uh, Heroes and Villains Fan Fest Chicago in two weeks. So while I am there, I am going to get one of the DC guests to sign something for you, personalized to you. Uh, if not one guest, I might get multiple guests. It depends on how the week goes, but I will. I promise you I will get you at least one person uh, to sign this. If you have a preference, you can say it. No guarantees as to who it's going to be that I'm going to get to sign it, but uh, I will definitely get something signed for you. And I think, Rob and I, you, were ta- you and I were talking about this last night. I think what we're going to do is rather than send it right out when I get back, uh, Great Philadelphia Comic Con is coming up two weeks following uh, my return from Chicago, and John Wesley Ship and Alan Tudyk are going to be at that con, so I may potentially hang on to it and get them to sign it as well. So uh, a pretty awesome prize for first prize, if I do say so myself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm a little jealous, and I'm kind of like, man, we need one for just the show. I, I know of all the people that we've gotten to meet. Yeah. So, with, so. Oh, I might, I might do it. I might try and get like two things signed so that we have something personally for ourselves as well. Uh, but our first prize winner is Clifford James Mullering, uh, and that was the Hey Bat. Uh, you know, you know, I think it was I'm trying to skim through. I think I have it up. Uh, it was the Barry Allen Supergirl meme. Uh, it was a Hey baby, is your real name Kara Danvers? Because I think you're super yeah. girl. <laughs> Which uh, I mean- we both just laughed out loud. Uh, it's. I've seen that one float around in the past, but it was one of those ones. Whenever you see it, it just makes you smile. Yeah, exactly. And it's just that great shot of Barry, you know, with the shades on, and <laughs> which I so. wonder where that shot is from. Uh, I want to. I, there's a part of me that's thinking that's from Glee? the Patty Spivet. Uh, oh, episode. okay, all right. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where that's from. Is when he's blinded for the one episode. Oh so. yeah, I didn't even think about that. But I'm not entirely sure, but it's it's just a great shot. And then just the reaction shot, too, of uh, Kara below that is uh, quite wonderful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there's there's other cons coming up in the future. I know Heroes and Villains is going to be in this area in New York, New Jersey at the end of the year in September. So uh, who knows? I mean, we may do something like this again uh, later on down the road where we'll have you guys post something to the Facebook page. And I think next time, uh, I think we're going to have the fans vote on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, because it, the way that we have our page operating is you can't do polls because Facebook decided that was a smart move. Um, <laughs> I don't quite get that. But uh, <laughs> uh, but we can always put up a, a little uh, a link for people to vote on. So, yeah, exactly. I think we'll uh, like maybe we'll narrow it down to our 
top three. And then we'll do four. like like for this one, love for this one, or like you know like share for this one or something like that. We'll fi- we'll yeah, figure little, out something little, to do. Little album, yeah. So and uh, but I mean we will. I think there was some mild success with this. It was a lot of fun seeing some of the memes that were coming in, and um, I think the prize was awesome. Again, uh, I would be jealous, but I'm the one that's meeting all of them to get the autograph, so I can't be jealous. <laughs> I can't be jealous of that at all. Um, so yeah, but, but definitely thank you everybody for uh, entering in. We had a like I said a nice little mix of people uh, getting stuff in there. So yeah, for sure, and we'll definitely do something again. We we Indeed. we're enjoying. This isn't our first contest, and I'm sure it won't be our last. No, so. not at all. Uh, not a lot of news this week, but let's send it over to the um, the the news portion. Which uh, what do we? Is it DC Essentials? Yeah, DC Essentials. It is the Essentials. Yeah. Yeah. I forget every once in a while. I do too. You know, we <laughs> we stop kind of calling out the the portions of the show at times, and we just do it. Just do it, because we know exactly what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Point, so we're fine. <laughs> All good. Uh, but first things first, we're going to dive into Powerless. And uh, the fun that we know that's coming up on the show is uh, we have a classic DC uh, actor making an appearance, and that's Adam West, will be appearing on Powerless. We already heard his voice once in the pilot, so uh, we don't have an episode number yet, I believe. Um, and so we just know he will be making an appearance this season. And... Uh, I believe he's going to be a chairman for Wayne Industries. I think he's playing Dean West. Uh, so that's the character name we know of at this point. But uh, like I said, we'll look forward to that in a couple episodes from now. So very cool. Yeah, it's going to uh, be awesome. And then now we're going to dive over into the world of Flash. And I apologize because this is one of those actor names that is just kind of a bitch to actually say. So David DeShaltzman, uh Sorry, I'm going to try that again. David Das Malshin. Uh, and if you see this person, you definitely know the face. Uh, he's appeared in Ant-Man. He appeared in The Dark Knight as one of the Joker's acolytes. And recently just in Gotham as one of the Joker's acolytes as well. Uh, but he is going to make an appearance on The Flash as none other than Abra Kedabra. So if you're not familiar with the character, the character comes from the 64th century uh, and is actually... From when we, from what I understand, is he? I believe is coming from Earth nineteen in this universe specifically. So, uh, from the sounds of it, Gypsy is trying to track him down, but Barry and team are trying to get information about the future out of him. So that's how we know he's going to play into this. So it's a big wait and see on how this is going to function. So, um. Jumping over into the film universe, because there's not a lot that actually is going on this week, but we did get a little bit from uh, Zack Snyder as far as how Aquaman is going to function. Uh, And if you head over to the Facebook page, you can see kind of the visual effects breakdown on how they're doing some of the green screen work and then some of the CG that they're doing around it. But they uh, actually have a very unique system on how this is going to play out, but it's going to be a nice blend. But uh, Momoa will be actually shot for these. He's not going to be CG when he's underwater. Um, they're doing, like I said, purely green screen and working around some stuff, but it has a really unique look. You can see kind of the after shot of how it's going to look. I think the only thing they said is, uh, the hair is going to be CG'd, I think a little bit, and that's about it. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, so far so good. Um, as far as moving on to Wonder Woman, we know a couple things now. We got a great and this gorgeous new poster for the film. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, it's her, uh, kneeling down at the beach, uh, of Thamascara. Uh, kind of at sunset, which is this gorgeous, gorgeous looking picture. I think one of the best shots that they've put out for uh, the film so far. And in addition to that, late last night, uh, a brand new trailer has kicked out there for uh, the flick. So 
Uh, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to watch it. We know we have. We watched it right before the uh, show recorded this morning, and I gotta say, I am getting really excited for this, and I think it. this is looking like it's gonna be something special. It does. It, it, it does. It's a really sharp-looking trailer. That It does look like there's a lot of action. There's more story involved in the trailer, too, but I've said it before. I, I can't go by trailers when it comes to DCEU. I, I Trust me. I'm excited. I want to see this movie, especially after this trailer. I'm still not 100% convinced until I physically see this movie. No, I agree. That's that's just how I am. I I thought the trailer for Batman v Superman was awesome, and then I was disappointed in the movie. So I I'm I've been let down twice. I am not gonna let it three strikes and and I'm an idiot. So I'm I'm gonna wait. I'm still withholding until I actually see this movie in the theater. It's going to be an opening night still for me. I, I know that regardless. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to wait on that at all. Um, but I will say I'm excited about the film. I am scared, but I'm still excited. So, uh, And a little bit of an update, too. We did post a story on uh, the Facebook page stating that Wonder Woman might have an R-rated director's cut. Um, and that is not true. Um, so that did kind of go around, uh, you know, the Facebook land and a couple of comic book sites that we've seen out there. IGN had something up on it, comic book movie and comic book.com. And it turns out the reasoning that there was some confusion on this is the week that the film is coming out, they're re-releasing the animated wonder woman film. And I think it got re-rated. I think there was some stuff that they had cut from it originally. So this might be an extended edition of that. That is either a non-rated or it's rated R. So, and that's all that is. It's just the animated feature, not the mo- uh, the actual film that uh, we're talking about right now. So, so for those of you that were worried about an R-rated Wonder Woman, that's not actually happening. So, um, jumping over now to to a little bit of discussion on the Batman. Joe Maganello uh, did come out recently and talk a little bit about some of the film delays, and he actually addressed some of the drama uh, that's been happening about this film in the background. And openly was this kind of like, look, guys. It's kind of funny on how the media loves to run with, oh, there's trouble, the script needs to be revised, this is a mess. And he's like, look, he's like, this is every movie. This is how every movie functions. It's the fact that we've got a bullet on us now because of the way that people viewed Batman versus Superman. Everybody wants this movie to fail for some odd reason. And he's like, the only reason production hasn't begun yet is they're going through revisions on the script, and that happens on every film he's ever worked on is this this just gets so publicized and he's asking people to just calm the hell down and actually really be excited because he said from everything that's on page at this point, they're incredibly excited. And he said he's really pumped about the new director. Ben is incredibly excited about this and there's really not as much to stress about. So so it's good to see that he's kind of helping do a little bit of damage control because I will agree. I think a lot of people have been a little extreme on the responses to DC films as of late. Now, I, you know, I've, been, ben, I've been one of them. <laughs> now, yeah, you and me both have at times. But I, I think, honestly, a movie that hasn't even begun production yet uh, for people to give it a death sentence is uh, a little rough. I, so. ha- I haven't given it a death sentence. I, I did say that if Ben was no longer involved, I'm not watching it. But I haven't given the movie a death sentence. Like I've, I've been approving of the director that they've gotten so far. If Ben is involved, that's great. I will still, I'm still very excited for this movie because, in my opinion, as I've said before, Ben as Batman was the best part of Batman v Superman. So to see one of the best Batmans on screen, I I I agree with that. I still think people argue with me quite a bit about Keaton, and I'll give you that he's great. But 
Affleck was probably one of the best on-screen Batmans I've ever seen in my lifetime. So I'm very excited for this film. I've never given a death sentence. I would have if Ben had dropped out. I think I would have too. I think you and me have both have been like, I don't know what to be excited about right now. Yep, so, exactly. Um, but I think, uh, I think what is coming out of this interview, though, I think people definitely need to take a deep breath. Let's wait until we see anything shot for this film first before we start making some our minds up on things yet. So it's just uh, there's there's plenty of time for us to, uh, to you know be prepared to lynch a film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's have a, a good reason to do it. Um, so uh, the last thing that we really need to talk about is over in the video game world, and that specifically is more Injustice Two. God, I can't uh, there is wait. a new trailer. If you haven't been on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime, there is a trailer there for Injustice 2 called Shattered Alliances, where we see uh, a couple characters we haven't seen yet. And there's some quick um, confirm- uh, confirmation shots. Uh, we are obviously see Captain Cold in the background really quick in one of the sequences. So there's been a lot of rumblings, and you see his cold gun in that little uh, wireframe scales that they do in the beginning, so there's a high chance he is definitely one of those people that's yet to be confirmed. But this did confirm Green Arrow and Green Lantern back into the mix. In addition to that, we saw the skin for Reverse Flash in motion. So, uh, But this trailer looks phenomenal, and I cannot wait. Um, and uh, May, it feels like it's so far away, but uh, very, very excited for this. Yeah. Agreed. And uh, I think that's it for the news this week. Like I said, it was very late. So Okay. Uh, so recommendations from you and me, and then cheap plugs, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, we'll, we'll recover from our mac and cheese hangovers a little bit more. Oh, you know what? There is one we missed. Uh, Cody Rhodes is returning to Arrow. Uh, uh, we don't know much about it yet, but no, we know the Derek Sampson character is making a return. We don't know how at this point or what episode yet, but... Uh, yeah, that is out there, and I will link that article on the Facebook page in just a second. So by the time you hear this episode, you'll be able to see that. Oh, and I forgot one, too, that I had explained to you over the course of this weekend. Um, I'll do it up. Uh, for those of you that don't know, there has been a lot of rumblings about Stephen Amell uh, running, American Ninja, the, running the American Ninja Warrior course. Well, I have it on good authority, uh, and I have even seen a little bit of it uh, airing March 24th uh i think it is a friday night uh let me just confirm that i think the 24th is yeah for friday night is the 24th uh Stephen amell has run the american ninja warrior course uh he did a celebrity version of it and so it was a little bit of a shorter course which i did hear that Stephen actually did have a little bit of an issue with he wanted to run the full the full course uh, i will not spoil it for you i do know the results I will not tell you whether or not he finished the course or not, but I will tell you, tune in to American Ninja Warrior, March 24th, as Steven has run the course. Uh, and uh, that should be fun to watch, especially considering it's airing the weekend of Chicago, and I'll hopefully get to talk to him about it while I'm in Chicago, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So very, very excited to see how that plays out. But there's a couple really good shots out there already of it, so very excited to see it. Yeah, if you don't want to know how it turns out, don't don't look for the shots because there are some shots out there that do reveal how he did. Um, I'm not saying whether he finished it or not again, but uh, if you want to be surprised, just wait until March 24th. Set your DVRs or, or whatever and, and just watch it when it airs on the 24th. So 
because uh, Steven's been wanting to do this for a while. So this is it's pretty cool because, I mean, he the one thing he really wanted to do was wrestle in the WWE. And I actually got to go to SummerSlam when he had his match, which was awesome. So now I'm excited to to watch him do American Ninja Warrior. So because we're fans of his and we support him. So I'm I'm really excited to watch it. Yeah. So, uh, recommendations before we get out of here. We've, uh, Rob and I were just talking about this. We've kind of adapted where Rob stays more traditional. I kind of go off the beaten path a little bit since I haven't been reading, uh, much yet. But in the vein of that, uh, my recommendation for this week is a video that is posted now on our Facebook page, or at least will be by the time you hear this. Uh, it is uh, Hilly and Hana Hindi. They did, uh, they do a bunch of parody videos that are absolutely out of this world. And their latest one is a Suicide Squad parody done to Lady Gaga's Judas, except it is called Joker. Uh, the makeup, the costumes, the choreography, the production is stellar. I've watched this video. I'm not a big Gaga fan. I cannot get this song out of my head. I have watched this video at least 10 times, no joke. So uh, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime, and uh, check it out. And if you're a fan of, like, Doctor Who and Supernatural and Hocus Pocus and, you know, Twilight, they've done a bunch of parodies to those, too. So you can check them out on YouTube via the link that's posted on our Facebook page. And for me, I got to say, one of the things you definitely need to check out, it's actually not DC related at all, Mm -hmm. but I had to bring it up because I'm incredibly excited to watch it and i heard it it's got rave reviews already but samurai jack made its return to tv just the other day so uh or actually it hasn't actually even appeared yet or actually no it did it was saturday march 11th sorry my brain's not working today again (laughs) mac and cheese hangover man it's a real thing um but yeah so samurai jack season five premiere um and everybody says it is phenomenal so if you have a, a way to check that out if not i'm sure there you, there's plenty of other ways that you can find to watch it but it was one of my favorite shows from back in the day and i am beyond excited as soon as we get off this episode i am going to uh sit down and watch the return of jack so. <laughs> nice uh, cheap plugs. Uh, uh, you can check out my other podcast, the Showcast Spotlight, here on the Next Level Podcast Network, which includes celebrity interviews, uh, and many of which you would know from d- other DC shows that we have talked about, and uh, you know celebrities all around across the board. So you can check that out on the Next Level Podcast Network on iTunes and Google Play. Showcast Spotlight. You can just search for that, uh, or you can find links to everything on our website, nextlevelradioonline.com. And as always, you can check us out as well at Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods over at nextlevelradioonline.com. Uh, we did the Disney episode a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you haven't got a chance to check that out, uh, if you love Disney, you owe it to yourself to listen to the episode. It is a ton of fun. It's hysterical. And it's a nice little history lesson in there, too. So uh, make sure you definitely check that out. And uh, like I said, we'll have a new episode. I believe we'll be recording in probably about two weeks, uh, which will be the uh, March episode. And uh, that'll be up a couple days after. So either the very tail end of March uh, first few days of April. It'll be uh, online on the site. And uh, as always, head over to georgeshawmusic.com to check out George Shaw's music. It's uh, the tunes that you hear at the start and the end of every episode of this show. And uh, we love always having them there. So Cool. Uh, I think that's just about going to do it. This coming week, obviously, we have no Supergirl and no Powerless, so it is going to be another shortened week, but uh, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow all will be new this week, so we'll be talking about all of them, and... Uh, I don't know if we have anything else that we'll be throwing into the mix next week. There's nothing really new. Uh, you know, we talked Lego Batman. We talked Justice League Dark. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe next week we might just do a little bit of a shortened episode and and talk about the three episodes that uh, that we already know. 
Yeah, I think it might just be a short episode next week. Uh, like I said, uh, obviously you guys are probably can tell is we're a little off today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, uh, I think it's a mixture of daylight savings time completely screwing us up. And uh, like I said, we were supposed to record an hour before we actually started, and I realized I was like, "What do you mean? It's not. It's not eleven o'clock yet." And I'm like, "Oh no, it's it's well beyond eleven o'clock." I was texting it, you from the future. You were, <laughs> and that's exactly what I thought. And I put my phone back down. And I'm like. He's just, I don't know how he's doing it, but I don't care. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> uh, between that and again, like I said, a very late night last night, which was a ton of fun. But uh, I apologize if the show suffered a little bit today because of it. So. You know what? I think it's a testament because there are times that we are definitely struggling when we were recording, but we still record. We always do record, except that one time, except that one. Time. Yes, there was one time when <laughs> we were a little issued. So, uh, but yeah, it, last night was definitely a lot of fun. We're hurting a little bit today, especially with daylight savings time on top of it. I did, I can completely forgotten about daylight savings time until about three o'clock this morning, which was in essence four o'clock this morning. So um, it kind of sucks. So I was kind of glad we were recording a little bit later this morning and it turned out to be an even hour later than what we were anticipating. Seriously. So, but uh, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, we'll be back back on track next week. And uh, yeah, short episode, but uh, like I said, we'll, we'll make it special yep. somehow. Absolutely, we'll figure something out. Uh, thank you, everybody, again, for all of your continuing support and your listening to us. Check us out, as we had mentioned, through all of our continuing podcasts and our projects outside of this as well. Uh, but be sure to share the page, share the podcast, tell your friends. And until next week, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace, and if you won the contest, message us. Bye.